you go this way and he goes back the other way. Yeah, same yeah. thing with me. Yeah, okay. All right, cool, man. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by... Kevin Gallagher. And we're here to break down the goings-on in MMA and Jiu-Jitsu since the last episode. And oh boy, <laughs> there's been a lot. Uh, we're we're going to obviously talk about the BMF title. That's uh, that just that was a massive thing. But before that, it's a sad day for jujitsu because it, it's been revealed that jujitsu doesn't work. <laughs> I don't really have a, a thing to go to on the screen, but Derek Lewis, <laughs> Derek Lewis on the on the undercard of the of the event. Uh, he he was in really bad shape on the ground. Uh, he was fighting. I forget he was fighting, but he was fighting. Uh, the it was a Russian. It was like a sambo champion. So right. like a super good ground dude, submission game, and uh, he he had was locked into an americana. I think twice, and both times he just he just stood up. <laughs> Yeah, that that Americana was cringeworthy. I, I remember watching it and thinking to myself, "Wow, he's definitely going to tap." I thought he was going to get up. I thought he was going. I thought he was going to get submitted for sure, particularly because <clears throat> Americanas normally only work when you have a massive human being on top of you because you're, you don't really have a lot of points of contact and it's fairly easy to roll out and do things against a counter Americana. But when you have someone as big and large as that Russian guy was, I can't remember his name, and on top of that is some kind of a sambo practitioner or high level samba practitioner i thought for sure Derek lewis was going to tap to that americana and he was just holding out and trying to look tough but apparently he has shoulders that twist like a 13 year old little girl so he was able to maintain the pressure from that and get back up to his feet again it was I, I interesting just, to see yeah he was he was in great shape for that fight it was it was cool he, to see he looked yeah. different he looked completely different you know, right. he was a lot slimmer. You know, he looked a lot more patient with his strikes. Uh, I just, I just looked it up. It's a uh, Blagoy Ivanov, nice, Mr. Nice, Ivanov. Nice. Apologies. <laughs> your your takedowns are great. Yeah. Um, and I, I coming for as someone who doesn't do a, a super huge amount of nogi, and I play even less mount in nogi. I don't have a whole lot of experience with like, like. Uh, arm entrapments and and submissions from the mountain nogi and i think in in mma when it's you're not even wearing a rash guard is like how much harder is it to lock those things up when you don't have something like the the gi to add friction um i mean so the mount in when i when i when i talk to mma fighters and my coach uh matt arroyo who's a former ufc fighter we've got a couple ufc fighters underneath us he always talks about how um the mount is even more dominant than than the back when you incorporate strikes, simply because now when I'm on top of you in a mounted positions, I can hail down from 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 above with 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 unfettered gravity on my on my on my hands, and you have little ability to strike back at me. So when you consider that, I think the mount is probably more dominant than the back position when you talk about the strikes, but it is difficult, um, and, and particularly in a nogi situation, like it's it's something that myself as a black belt am trying to get better at is one of my goals to to use you know because it's it follows down what what jujitsu's formative bases are to go about the hierarchy position you start from the guard you pass it you start from the, like john danher said you know start from the ground you take the guy down you pass the legs to, to eliminate the power of his legs then you advance the position to where his 
options are less and less until you get to the final funnel, which is the back taking you finish him there. So as a black belt, I mean, if you're following jujitsu's ways and means, you know, it's what the way it's supposed to be and it's, and it's uh, self-defense mannerisms or self-defense roots, you should be attacking from those dominant positions and following that, that's that, that funnel. I w- when I was, uh, when I was looking at the, the replay footage and I was listening to like the color commentary that, the like John Anik and, and Joe Rogan were offering. Um, it seemed like Blagoy didn't think he was getting anywhere and maybe he let up a little bit. And that, that moment when you're deciding to abandon right. one submission, it gave a, a freak of nature like Derek Lewis, the, the little bit of room he needed to just explode up. You know, I I've been in so many situations where, I've just gassed out on a guillotine I was sure I had or like an Ezekiel choke I was sure I had. <clears throat> even like even uh, specifically when I'm rolling with uh, my boy Chris Noonan at the the Hive in New Jersey, I'll think I have his legs, but I never do. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, – oh, hang on. There you go. To turn my, phone, my your, notifications your, your, off. Your pizza ready or something? Did you just get a – Oh, no. <laughs> it, was, it, was actually, it, was, it was Kit. Uh, there was some someone covering a story. So ah, Cool. Yeah. No, no big deal. Uh, just, just yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Just just kidding. I, hey, guys, I'm, I don't like to drop names. Like, <laughs> I just got a message from Kit. Yeah, it's like it's, it's Gracie Baja, you know. It's, it's not a big deal, but it is what it is. So um, – I've got a few takes on uh, on Anthony. What what the hell is not what the hell, I forget his name now. What's his name? We're talking about. I forget his name. Say his name again. Derek, Derek Johnson. Boy, there yeah. we go. Derek Johnson. Perfect. Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis. Derek just what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when when I it was I was very impressed with his ability to maintain on the bottom and not concern himself because in the past he doesn't he never felt comfortable on the ground he never felt comfortable particularly on his back if you go back to his fight with dc when he went when he got taken down it was just like everything was all over um it was his ability to stay calm and and wait for those moments like you said for him to switch from one submission to the next and then the amazing ability he was able to get back up again like that guy's no slouch his ground game is pretty pretty solid and Derek lewis was getting up from very disadvantaged positions like side mount you know it was he was really he was hopping back up again with with an athleticism that we haven't seen from him before. And a lot of it is because, again, you know, he's, he's been working with a dietitian. He's been dropping a lot of weight. He looked in an amazing shape. But I will say this, and I was saying this watching the fight on Saturday night. If you noticed, uh, the Russian guy was taking an immense amount of punishment. He was taking a lot, a lot of shots. Shots that normally would be game-enders for Derek Lewis. So you have to wonder if, by losing all that weight, maybe he made himself more athletic. He gave himself a little more... Uh, some more miles on his cardio, but did he maybe lose a little bit of that legendary Derek Lewis power? You know, it happens. You lose that weight. Now there's not much, so much, not, not so much weight behind the punches. Well, it's all, I think it's also that he's fighting differently. It seems like he's fighting smart, smarter. Right. Like he's, he's holding back and he, he whiffed on, I like, there was this like late in the fight, there was this uppercut that he, he, he missed that like had it connected. I guarantee you would have been like, Francis Ngannou, like right. uh, Overeem, you know, just like some legendary forever <laughs> KO. Because I was looking at that, I'm like, oh my god, he was How moving. He had good head movement. The Russian guy did. He was he was moving his head very well and, and timing those big right hands and his uppercuts and just just glancingly missing them on on several different occasions. I think this is also going to give uh, ground ground fighters a bit more pause when they go up, like if they go up against Derek Lewis, just because that's 
he it seems like he's definitely shoring up the the weaknesses he's had on the ground since oh, like yeah. the Daniel Cormier fight for sure you know and and he was he looked great on his feet oh, yeah, and I, yeah. I think there was even a moment where he like stuffed to take down and I that was that was really good to see especially from if it's coming from a Sambo champion right you know that's those guys are I, I will watch if I'm in like a, a self-deprecating mood, I'll watch Sambo highlight reels just to feel like pain <laughs> in, the, in my stomach. Like, oh yeah. god. There's something about Sambo that just hurts. Just watching those guys do everything is just mean. Catch wrestling is the same way. Yeah. Every time I ever roll with a higher level catch wrestler, I always know something is going to be sore when I get done with this. There's going to be something that's going to be uncomfortable, and I'm going to have some kind of weird bruise or ding on my body before we're done. There's a black belt. It's a jiu-jitsu black belt. That's one of my favorite training partners. It trains at, at Autos now. That's an old catch wrestling guy, Gorilla. We call him, and he's uh, he's every bit of a gorilla. I was that. That reminds me. Earlier this year, I was uh, uh, the jiu-jitsu club I run at Bonaventure. Uh, there was this folk style guy who was like, he's just graduated high school, but he was like a four-year wrestler that just didn't want to go collegiate with it. And um, I was rolling with him, and I just I felt. And I, I felt annoyed at how tired I was just because like he was just he, because by the end of it, I had tapped him a bunch, but he was still like up and ready to go. Yeah. And I, I had to I had to give up and just say, I'm done, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, on the on the subject of just legendary toughness, we it's a great transition to what was one of the biggest fights of the year unexpectedly it materialized out of nowhere an offhand comment from from nate diaz resulted in a belt the rock was there <laughs> it was just this it was this massive massive thing and uh yeah what would you what'd you think when you were watching so it? so i first of all i was a bit skeptical of having the rock and all the pomp and circumstances that surround it. And I thought they were going to make it into too much of a, of a hoopla. Um, but they said they, they pulled it off surprisingly well. I thought the rocks involvement was definitely, you know, they definitely, they had him there because he's the rock, but it was, he was definitely didn't add too much drama to it and let the fighters still kind of like be the main attraction. It was, it was cool to see that because I kind of thought they might ham it up a little bit too much, but, um, I mean, as far as the fight went, oh my god, what an amazing fight! Like, there's no question in my mind that you know that freaking uh, Nate Diaz is one of the toughest human beings that ever walked the face of the earth. Man, he took so much punishment, and also to my demise or to my freaking uh, amazement, how good Jorge Masvidal really is. Like, I was very surprised at that. Like, because if you remember, recall, I thought Nate Diaz without Fox would be the better fighter than it beat him. Like, Masvidal is the real deal. He's amazing. He hits hard, punishes. Oh man, I uh, hang on. I'm actually I'm trying to share the screen. I'll I'll cut this. Yeah, uh, and it's saying I might need to reload. So mm -hmm. if so, I'll uh, we might end here and then just pick it up no, uh, whatever. in a second. Yeah, because cool. uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just see if reloading the screen works. All right, cool. Just let me know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it didn't look like it, we lost anything there, so I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. There we go. Yeah, okay. We go. 
hey guys we're still figuring it out we're working out working out we're 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 handsome we got charming (laughs) smiles and that that uh i think that lets us get away with more than we should until i get away with most of my life (laughs) i mean i'm pretty sure your black belt also helps yeah by the way by the way i gotta before this is unremarkable uh, your Halloween costume was probably one of my favorites. Did you like so it, was, man? I didn't well, nail I'm, it very well. I wanted I'm to do a better a, job. I should have researched it more, but Kenny, I thought I did uh, pretty good. Uh, Kevin, was, Kevin G was the toughest man in Letterkenny. I thought so. So, so in my defense, I thought that pure context made that costume appropriate, even though I missed no, a few but, things. But the idea of being the toughest man in Letterkenny is something that I think I could pull you, off. Your, your posture was – yeah. like it was per, it's like your arms were just uh, – wide enough right. to to make it you know you're you're 10 ply bud <laughs> 10 fly, i like that you're you're, you're freaking 10 i needed bud. to not wear the belt and i needed to have pearl snaps on my shirt and it's funny i have both i have a shirt with pearl snaps but it was a little bit too light i didn't think it looked right so anyway yeah this is this is an official endorsement from jiu-jitsu times right and uh to to go watch letter kenny no, it's yeah, amazing oh, yeah, it, yeah it's great you know, the, the hockey stuff i wish i played hockey because i think i would enjoy the hockey chirping a lot more i have friends of mine yeah. that play hockey that play competitive hockey that say that it's so so right on and so so funny i played i i never like i i played like youth hockey for like seven years and even even my limited experience was enough for me to go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so anyway, back. legs legs tra- uh, uh, we'll do buys traps and le- uh, arms. What about legs? Yeah. Let's skip legs. Skip legs. Skip legs. <laughs> skip legs. Skip legs. So uh, okay, the, yeah. The one so thing, this, this... the one thing that's one hundred percent sure about that fight on uh, on Saturday night is Jorge Masvidal is the real deal. Like that was an amazing performance he put on. And, um, you know, he deserves all the credit for getting that win because even though it was stopped by a cut, like he caused that cut through the massive amounts of abuse he was putting Nate Diaz through. Well, that's actually a good thing to bring up, like the controversial ending of the fight for for the five of you that aren't aware. Right. <laughs> um, uh, a doctor, doctor at the end of round three uh, examined the cut above <clears throat> Nate's right eye, and there was also a big cut right below his eye as well. And declared that he was not medically fit to continue. At the time, everyone was really mad. There was booze everywhere. But something I've been seeing a lot online is that once people got a good look at the cut, they a lot of people were like, yeah, that's not good. And something else that's interesting is that it's the same cut that – was opened during uh, his last fight against Anthony Pettis. Yeah, that scar tissue so starts like, to build up. It's hard to uh, – if you, I mean, Nate Diaz is known for being a bleeder. He starts leaking after the first connection. It's because he fights so much. All that scar tissue just bleeds. Well, him and and Nick, yeah. it's 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 with both of them. Right. They they're famously like both of their most famous pictures ever involve them just like covered in blood. Right, but uh, yeah, I think uh, Jorge definitely proved that he needs a title shot now. I think it, he looked better than I ever could have conceivably hoped. But something I wanted to get your opinion on is the last time we saw Nate really engage in the like the, the uh, disregarding the Pettis fight where he he submitted him. The last time we saw Nate in action against Connor, Connor would was able to drop him a few times and then never even came close to engaging with him on the ground. And, 
something you saw a lot of in this fight was Jorge had a bit of trouble. Like he was looking for shots when right. he dropped Nate, but Nate's guard was just so squirrely and so quick that he, he wasn't able to get a lot in, early on in the fight. He was so, eventually able to. Yeah. It's interesting. You bring that up because I was commenting on that while I was watching the fight. One of the, uh, the perks of Nate Diaz, of Nate Diaz being the submission artist that, that he is and his jiu-jitsu being as respected as he is, is that he allowed to now recover when people make giant knockdowns on him. So, like, because people are so concerned about his jiu-jitsu, even when he's hurt, they get a knockdown on him and he could sit on his butt and just throw hip cut, up kicks and now recover in a manner that most fighters would not be able to do because people are so afraid to go on the ground and engage with him. I was no I noticed that three different occasions when Masvidal knocked him down, four different occasions when Masvidal knocked him down, Nate was able to sit down on the ground, get his wits back together again just because his feet were in play throwing up kicks and waiting around because Masvidal was too concerned about anything to go in and try to strike with him. Towards the end, he got over it and, and, and started to commit. He almost got caught a couple of times. He almost got caught in a knee bar and a. And a I think yeah, he. There was famously in the. I think it was the. I think it was the second or third round. It wasn't the first. It was. It was. Hang on, I I I wrote it up, but it was it was very late. So right. Forgive me. Oh, right. Did you uh, your article? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I was the. I was the only one that had nothing to do at one in the morning. <laughs> so. in the morning, exactly. I was, it was one thirty. Right I was so board. tired and the the adrenaline had worn out. All right, Diaz, second time. Take them. Yeah, no. The, in round two, this was actually when I I was really impressed with Masvidal because he was engaging with Nate on the ground and he yeah. sort of had Nate turtled up and Nate, like I was, I called it before it happened that Nate was going to roll out of it yeah. and try and do some, he always goes for that little Kamora thing or he tries to roll back through. He, he had a, he had a, but he's a sneaky, sneaky, he's sneaky. He had like, he gripped like kind of a, an outside, uh, like, like De La Hiva thing, kind of like what, yeah. And, but, but in the scramble, when he rolled, Masvidal was able to stay on top yeah, right. and still like get some right. shots in. Right. And then, and it was when he rolled, but ended up on top that Nate went for like a sort of knee bar. But I, I almost thought he was going for a heel hook. At, at it, it, well, he, he kind of, well, he was, he rolled through for the knee bar and then he kind of went for a couple of things, but it did end up in a heel hook position. And Masvidal, to to his advantage, it was it was he he was equally as technical as a, a on his on his ground attacks as he was. It wasn't just athleticism that got him out of these things. So a lot of times you can see situations like that, and you're just a, a good athlete and you explode through. Clearing his knee line as Nate was going up for the heel hook was a very high level escape from a very dangerous position. Nate was in, was 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 really uh like challenging him with that uh with that heel hook. It was pretty deep. It could I think the stoppage. When when Masvidal like backstepped to spin out of the the leg entanglement and still like remain on top, that was when I was like, "Holy crap! Why?" Yeah. Like, he's dang. He's, my my opinion of 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 Jorge Masvidal's abilities went way way higher after after watching that fight. He really put on a great display on all aspects of jujitsu, like all aspects of of MMA. It was impressive to watch. Yeah, actually, I think we can. I think we can get. Uh, there's no oh. audio, but that uh, I think this is when he drops him with the body kick. Yeah, oh, body kick yeah. was brutal. He was that, crush, He was crushing him with that body kick the whole night long. He was he was throwing that body kick from the from the from the right side because you know Nate's natural. Nate being a left-handed fighter is going to be natural for him to be able to throw that power back kick right to the body whenever he wants to throw it. And he was man, he was murdering him with it. It was impressive how crazy hard he was throwing. He was throwing that kick. 
there was like half a second like after the after a few kicks to the body where I was like it was the first time I had ever seen Nate let some of the yes. pain show on yes. his face. Yes, exactly. And it was very surreal just because yeah. I in my head I'm thinking no matter who wins Nate's not going to look hurt. He's just no. he's going to he's going to look damaged but not hurt if that makes any sense. Right. Like his his skull will be torn off and he'll be leaking brain matter but he won't like look like he's hurt like, yeah mostafa was putting so much into everything he threw at him he was landing with such heavy shots on there super super heavy shots it was it, it like it, it it's this, i i get so nerdy about this and you can blame the the journalism language degree that i had to earn from college but it felt like um i was watching a myth being born yeah it was an like right like the the Askren fight the 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 till fight like the Askren fight was incredible right, right. but it was so incredible and like so confined that it was yeah. all you could almost make the i wouldn't but you could almost make the argument that it was like one in a million chance right. mm-hmm. but this this was such a remarkable thing to see that I don't mind that I had to stay up until three in the morning writing it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that Mossaval has solidified himself as possibly the next darling of the UFC. This could be a big thing for him. That fight was so impressive. He looked so good in that fight. He could be positioning himself for really, really big things. Who, uh, who, do, who would you most like to see? I guess like the, the, it's either going to be Kamaru or uh, Colby that he ends up facing. Yeah. I think that's the general consensus. Which do you think is a better matchup? But then also, which do you think is a better spectacle? Probably, probably uh, Kamari, simply because he'll try to stand and strike with him a little bit more. I think Covington's just going to grind him out and take him down. And it's, it's, I don't know how well his wrestling will hold up to a fighter like that if he'll be able to maintain. Because, you know, Nate's the perfect matchup for him because Nate's going to stand there and bang. He's not going to try to work hard to take him down. He's not going to be a big wrestling thing. It's going to be a, a striking match because that's what Nate wants. If he goes against Kamora, Kamora will try to keep it a striking match. But if he gets dinged up too much, he'll just go back to his bread and butter. Covington's going to have no part of his striking. He's just going to go take him down and grind him out like he does everybody else. Well, didn't he score like yeah. a – well, I mean – in his fight, his last fight with Lawler, didn't he? He he scored a massive number of significant strikes, you know, and he, he and a lot yeah. of those were from takedowns, admittedly. Yeah. Like, right. But he he was looking good on the feet. I I'm I'm interested because I I could be remembering this wrong, but I think Nate in in this fight, I only I think I only saw him go for one trip. He scored a trip. Right. It was like sort of a side throw, but then, uh, uh. Oh my god, Masvidal had the wizard in, and so he was able to immediately like put shoulder pressure on and then reposition. So right. it, it was really seamless. I I think that Covington would 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 absolutely force the, the takedowns more because yeah. Diaz is very reactionary. He works off his back, right? You know, like his highlight reel leading up to this fight was like. The all the the mounted guillotines is, right. he's been able to pull off. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, he's Diaz, the thing about Diaz in his fight too is he's probably undersized. He's definitely not going to be. He's definitely was just lightweight. They fought it right. He's, he's definitely not a lightweight. You know, he, he fights way low. Well, no, this isn't white. This is welterweight. Yeah, so he's yeah. he definitely he he can fight at welterweight, but he's definitely not. 
the bigger man going against Mazdaval. And I think that was the biggest thing that was shown. Like those punches, those strikes that Mazdaval were landed on him were not strikes that Nate Diaz is accustomed to taking, you know, because of that, because of that size advantage. So I don't know that Mazdaval will be able to impose his will that much on, you know, Covington or Kamora, who are also bigger guys. We'll see, man. I don't know. He beat Darren Till, and Darren Till is a monster. So, well, I mean, he's such a monster that he moved up. Yeah. You know, right, exactly. That's that. And he looked a lot better. Yeah. And he looked a lot healthier. But yeah. it's crazy that um, you're talking about size and you're talking to just about how dense Mosvidal, like how much denser Mosvidal is as a person. Like, it kind of looks like a scarecrow. Right. But, but like looking at the tail of the tape, I'm looking at height and I'm looking at reach and I'm thinking, oh my God, especially for a guy, a jujitsu player who like loves having long limbs off his back to like just keep opponents away. Like the, his long legs really helped him in the beginning, like reposition his guard and just get, get some rest. But the power and intensity that Masvidal had was it. I, I think you're right in that it's something Nate might not have encountered before. Right. He's he's Nathan. Nate, you know, on paper they're the same size person, but Nate is just not is he's not accustomed to being that big. Like he's kind of one of those guys that's kind of freakish. Like they can kind of blow up to 200 and they can get down to you know 55 and you know and then their body their body just naturally can adjust to those different ways. Like there's no way in hell Mostafal could get down to 55. He'd have, he'd die. You know it would, it, there's no way he could do it. You follow me? But Nate, you know, can go up to that weight class and still kind of function and, and seem okay and not look fat or not look like he's out of shape and still look like he's got a natural muscle mass on him. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put an idea out there. Just uh, just take it however you will. But Nate's Nate could probably get pretty light. You know who else is light? The other like infamously Californian UFC fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? I want uh, Uriah. I want Uriah, Nate Diaz, no. Uriah Faber. Yeah, oh, he's way so much bigger than Uriah Faber. <laughs> Uriah Faber. I've seen him faced. I've seen him before in Vegas when I was out there with with one of my guys that fought on the contender, and he was out hanging out. He's. Yeah. I don't. I think he's like he's only like five four. He's really, really a small guy. Really, I mean, I mean he's stout, like, strong, but he's like. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't D even be. A, he, I could see Nate Diaz like holding his head and having freaking Uriah Faber like punching at him like the like it's the carnival. I'm I'm just saying that from like the 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 best season of the Ultimate Fighter was Faber McGregor, and right. that once you've seen enough episodes of that, you kind of get tricked into thinking McGregor must be like six foot. <laughs> just because of how much but he's five nine like yeah. he's, he's five eight five nine and like your eyes just a really small guy yeah, so right i would right. wonder what would have to like who like how down diaz would have to go and how high uriah would have to go for them to meet at an even playing field because I mean, you know uriah's he's on a hot streak you know yeah, I mean, thirty-five would have to be maybe the top. I don't, I don't even know that. Maybe they could do forty-five. We'll see what we can do. Get Dana White on that. I don't think Nate could maybe hit forty-five. I don't think he could get that low anymore. I don't think he wants to get that low anymore. I don't think there's enough money in it to do it for him to do that. All right, he's only going to fight for a freaking bazillion dollars now. I mean, he's got he's, a he's lot more leverage. It. Yeah, he's deserved it. He earns it. I think uh, this is the first time he's ever gotten what he feels he deserves you know especially in terms of how quickly usada turned around right. 
on him. Right. The the amount of press he's been getting the the UFC instead of like sort of being ashamed of Nate's craziness and just like like volatility at times they just they embraced it. The, the presser was the press was filled with all the times Masvidal and Nate have gotten into like street fights with people. Just in, <laughs> in any other time they would try and bury that, but this right. is like yeah, this, it up. This, these two are this maniacs. Is the promoting, right? This is the promoting factor now. <laughs> these guys are just both insane people. Yeah. I, okay. So I think uh, to to bookend this, do you think Nate and Masvidal seem pretty set on an immediate rematch with how it ended? Right. And a lot of people being disappointed. Do you think that's? But but uh, Dana White in the press conference said he's he's not sure that's in the cards right, right. now. Right. I mean, the 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 thing of it is is it's. It was it's a, it's kind of a meaningless fight. It's not really for anything. There's not really nothing that no nothing changed hands. So it's not like they have to contend for another title. Um, so who knows if these guys have an automatic rematch clause? I don't particularly want to see that fight again. To tell you the truth, I mean I kind of do, but I think it's fairly obvious that Mostafa won. But the problem now is that if you look at the fight, Nate, Nate was having a good little resurgence in, in at the end of the third rounds, and you've got the fourth and fifth round coming up. Maybe Masvidal blew his wad and went too hard, and Nate's a game opponent. In my opinion, I think Masvidal was going to freaking kill him in the fourth round. I think Masvidal was going to come out and probably put him in the ground, and it was going to be a very ugly night for Nate Diaz. It sucks that it stopped on a cut, but in my opinion, watching that fight, it was a very, very one-sided affair. And anyone that says differently is just Team Nate Diaz, which is which is a great team to be on. It's a great team like, to I, be on. I get exactly. it. Right. It's still one of the coolest teams ever. Right. I I'm I don't think if I lived fifty years like ahead longer than normal, I would still be cool <laughs> enough to be on that team. But yeah, I I think if it had gone like when you think about ten minutes. That's how long this fight could have feasibly gone on for longer. Right, right. And that's the only thing that's sad about that is we don't get to see that because that fight was so amazing to watch. And Nate was starting to come back. You know what I mean? And you never know. Nate is a special athlete. Maybe he gets a maybe he gets a second win back. He comes in there. Masvidal makes a mistake and, 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 and maybe Nate capitalizes on it. But from what I was seeing, it didn't seem like that. It seemed like that was a slimmer of hope that we all kind of could have seen. But it also could have been Mostafal just completely annihilating Nate Diaz in the fourth round and, and, and really hurting him. Potentially, the only thing I will ever have uh, in common uh, with either of the Diaz brothers is that we like I I used to be a like a much more of a distance runner, like I did mostly <laughs> right. cross country, and uh, I my dad trained me for my first marathon, like uh, like this was like four or five years ago. And his big thing was just the mentality of keeping a steady pace, even though you can go faster and making sure you have negative splits, which is when your second half is faster than your first half and not losing anything. Mm -hmm. And if I had to just base anything off of what I know, it's very likely Nick, Nick, or sorry, Nate being a triathlon athlete and and a, a prolific endurance like runner and and biker you know he was he was complaining that he couldn't run his his usual super long distances because of his knee i think it's very likely he was saving stuff for the for the back end yeah you know and i i get that mentality because 
it's 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 something I had to learn over a long time. Right. But also, ten like disregarding that, if you give Masvidal ten more minutes to aim for that cut, right? right. Which is why wouldn't he? It's his job. You're going from a really bad cut to. Oh man, his face is starting to peel off like Face Off, yeah. starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Yeah, let's spend you a few know. minutes talking about that cut too, because I'd like to talk about that. Because I saw a lot of people and a lot of uneducated people that don't really know what they're talking about, saying things yeah. about, about that cut that they're kind of wrong. I want to try to set the record straight here a little bit. So, yeah, actually, hang on. I'm going to try yeah. and bring up a really good. Yeah picture yeah so, that's that's so first of all bring up the picture that they showed post fight because that's the picture i want to show everybody first so that I mean, picture right there so yeah. if you look at this picture right here like and you're looking at it from that distance and or from the television screen like that cut doesn't really look that bad you follow me like it's kind of from a distance you can look at it and see yeah it's pretty bad but man whatever he's not that he's he's still he's still going okay so that cut is the result of exactly what they like during the third and the fourth round, which is when they stopped the fight. So the cut man had the entire minute to work on that cut, to clean it up, to smash it with freaking adrenaline, to put all kind of Vaseline on there and clean it all up and make it look as pretty as it possibly can to put the inspo on it to keep it from falling off. Right. So this cut doesn't look like what it looked like at the end of the third round. So if you look at another picture, it's another picture where you can see where it's actually bloody and it's spliced all open and you can see okay, the yeah. freaking eyeball. Like that's the way that people should look at the cut. So this one over here up in the top right, maybe if you pull it up. Oh, uh, th this one. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll down. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is this is what you were talking about of like they're closing it up and right. and filling it with. So that's their job to make it look passable. So yeah. a couple different things. First of all, the cut was all the way down. Like look at that thing. That thing looks like roast beef. So yeah. as you looked at the cut, it went all the way down into probably about half an inch away from the actual end of the eyelid. So where the eye closes shut, the cut started from the top of the eyebrow and went all the way down and around into almost into the tear duct. So if Masaval lands with one more solid shot and that cut opens up another half an inch, all of a sudden, just like you said, from the tear duct, up until the top of the eyebrow, that piece of skin has nothing holding it together, which means Nate Diaz's face starts to fall off. So now you're right. look at the cut right here when you go to it from here. Look how yeah. close it is to the inside yeah. of his eyelid. It's it's that's the frightening part. Anyways, yeah, dude. just when you think about it, it, and that thing was all open. Yeah, and there's like if you think about ten more minutes of just that being open. How much like it could have just gone all the way down his cheek or something? Like it could have damaged his eye. Like, well, if that eyelid falls off, I mean, I'm no doctor, but that's pretty much the entire eyelid falling down off the top of your eye. You know, that's 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 not good. You don't need that. You don't want that in your life. I mean, Michael Bisping has proven that right. you can lose an eye in MMA. You know, there's that <laughs> infamously a few like a month ago, I think he popped his eye out. Eyeball out, right? His face, yeah. flat eye. Like he's just and like he's been fighting with that. You know, that's why he wears the glasses all in all the interviews. Right. With like, like GSP. I can guarantee you two things. I can guarantee you that the referee looked at that cut in Jeez. between the second or the, the the doctor looked at that cut in between the second and the third round and looked at Nate and if not told him, at least thought to himself, 
okay, this is Nate Diaz. He's going to get one more round to go out there and try to get something done, and then I'm stopping this thing because that cut is really, really bad. I guarantee you they wouldn't stop it in the second round, but they knew it was going to start a riot, so they let it go one more round. The doctor had already made up his mind he was going to stop that fight. The doctors in New York, New York State Athletic Commission – are very good. They've been doing fight. They, they, they do lots and lots of boxing. They have been doing it for years and years and years. Um, so, like, as far as the stoppage goes and people whining about the cut and that being bad, Nate Diaz should have done this and he could have, he was going to win that fight. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> the cut was horrible. I mean, listen, I, I was talking with uh, my coach, Ed, um, and he had, he really summed it up pretty well. And that's you can't leave it up to Nate Diaz because Nate Diaz would let his skull cave. He would of let course. his skull cave in. <laughs> of course, that's what the referees and the doctors are there for—to protect the fighters from themselves. You get, because this guy doesn't want to quit. There's no way Nate Diaz is going to quit. You'd have to shoot him. He's not going to quit. You got to kill the guy. But we don't want him to die. That's what the doctors are for. That's what the referees are for. Hey, Nate, sorry, you can't die tonight. Yeah, I don't want you, Nate. You yeah, can't. We don't want please. You to die. Yeah, we, you're we, so cool. You're so cool. Don't die. <laughs> you're just you're too cool to die. Please. So do right. you want to talk a little bit about Kenny Florian? Yeah, we got to we got to talk about uh our boy Kenny Florian, Florian aka uh every every role Al Pacino ever has ever had. <laughs> that role that on. Al him doing Al Pacino and and heat is the funniest thing. Have you ever seen that before? You know, you're yeah. Chicago with the Vinnie Magalas. Vinnie Magalas. Vin, so, as uh, um, Hanato Laranja and him right. do. Yeah, exactly. They often they often recreate movies <laughs> with Al Pacino. Vinnie Magalas. <laughs> because he just does truthfully one of the most spot on Al Pacino yeah. impressions I've ever Magalice. heard. Also, his face just becomes Al Pacino. He looks like Al Pacino. It looks just like Al Pacino. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's as good as Brokeback Mouch with Josh Barnett, but. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, I get man. to hang out with Josh Barnett one night. It's a pretty funny story. Oh, man. How yeah, hard we does that to, guy go? We went to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles <laughs> and hung out with Josh Barnett after the ADCC last year or two years ago in Anaheim. The ADCC trials two years ago in Anaheim. It how much how weird. much leather was he wearing? <laughs> <laughs> he does go hard in the paint. It's pretty yeah, funny. I know. It was pretty funny. He was uh Josh Barnett's a good dude, man. He was pretty cool. It's, it was fun to talk to him being a, you know, a, a nerd myself, particularly a jiu-jitsu nerd. He knows so much about the lineages of catch wrestling and jiu-jitsu and backstories and where they came from and the different 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 branches off the tree it was really cool to talk to him about things and where mma started from from pancreation and the whole stuff so pretty cool it's, it's funny it's funny just uh the first time i ever saw josh barnett was actually not in an mma fight it was he i i'm, I'm a real big magic the gathering fan yeah. uh it's, it's it was it's a it, i love it i love it to death um and josh barnett is like a long time Magic the Gathering player from like the old days of like like the first sets back in like '96 or '94, and um, he did he did a video where like this there's this dude on YouTube who plays Magic the Gathering he's called Day Nine and and he has like guests on that are like normal people and then one day he just has this massive Viking on and he goes hi I'm Josh Barnett. Um, <laughs> 
I'm a, a an MMA a professional MMA fighter, former UFC champion, and uh, I love Magic the Gather. And just seeing this Hulk <laughs> hunkered down on a table, just <laughs> flipping <laughs> like, cards, flipping like cards. <laughs> That's like, awesome. All right, I, I think I want to play. Uh, I'm going to play two Swamp Rats, and then I'm going <laughs> to tap two Black to play like Faceless Loot. Or something. <laughs> it was it was so much fun. Yeah. He's like a big nerd. He is yeah. a big nerd. He's he's big in Japan. They love him in Japan. He's got like a. He's got his little freaking pad out in Japan. He's like a superstar over there. He was a professional wrestler in Japan. Like, they love him. Oh, okay. Well, we're, we're not talking more. about Josh Barnett today. We're no, talking we're not. About right. We're talking Florian. about Kenny Florian. Back to and, top. Uh, yeah, so Kenny Florian uh, just famously just up and decided to win the, the, long, the long Beach Open <laughs> at Masters. <laughs> I mean, when, when you're Kenny Florian, I guess you can do that. You know, you can just up and decide to, to win whatever you want. And um, he won his first match by armbar, and I think his opponent bailed. And uh, let's let's see let's see this uh, let's see this armbar. Nice little S mount stepped over, had the arm trapped. Oh, finished, oh wow! Finished from the top. That, yeah, was, that was nice. That was he had it trapped with his gi, so it was up high, so he didn't have to step sit back. He just kind of set up with it. It was a nice little uh, nice little transition. I've never seen a, an armbar from. Like finished in that way, sort of like it was yeah, at an got, awkward angle. Um, Hadrew Gracie doesn't sit back for arm bars when he finishes arm bars. He finishes arm bars from top like that. Like you just kind of sit over and you hip into it instead of sitting back. You have to you oh. have to get the arm nice and trapped up high to be able to do that. But yeah, one of one of my black belt uh, buddies, uh, Jeff Jeff Bailey. If you're listening out there, what's up, Jeff Bailey? He owns a school out here. He he finishes his arm bars like that from top. He doesn't like to sit back for his arm bars. But Kenny Florian's bad. Congrats. Well, I mean, when you sit like sitting back is where a lot of the escapes happen. Right, he's got right? escape like, and they roll out, hitchhiker out, and all that like that. Um, and you you get you you, you oh. get more leverage on it. So he says, you know, you, you can kind of like sit through and like hip in from standing a little bit more from it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It is it's potatoes and potatoes. I think that I just think that this was this is a great example of just like I think he it looked like he was grabbing his own like lapel. Yeah, rewrite it, rewrite it again. It's pretty cool. Can you watch it again? We'll start. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I don't know if like trap your arm in his lapel and he sat there doing ass mouth. Can you can you hear it? I don't know if this captures the audio. I don't hear the audio of it now. Is the audio? Okay, then that's that's just uh, all right. So yeah, we can do it slow mo too. That's pretty cool. Okay, I think if let's just go to flow grappling there's i think that's the video yeah this is the video all right yeah he kind of has the arm and he pulls the the, the gi part oh the, no no i think i think it it looks like he's grabbing the dude's sleeve yeah to maintain control of it because yeah. uh i my biggest my the only game i really have is like grab it like choking up on my lapel for like straight ankle locks and mm -hmm. then i do the dean lister like i i ratchet my wrist mm -hmm. like that but that's i've never seen someone finish an arm bar just by having the sleeve like that yeah that's pretty slick man have you ever have you ever gotten the chance to roll with uh with kenny kenny florian no i've met him before though i saw him he was at kasai when i was on kasai he was out there um, oh, kenny florian's pretty cool man he's i love to roll with him he um I don't know where he trains out of. I think he's in Vegas. Well, he's got his own gym. He's got Meraki. That's uh that's his gym out there. Oh, that's cool. Where is it? In yeah. Vegas? 
I'm pretty sure it's in Nevada. Nevada, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll just uh, look it up. But it's uh, it's cool seeing him go out and compete because um, you know, fame like him and a bunch of other dudes are now doing a lot of commentary for Fox. Yeah, and you're just yeah, kind of like, cool. and I think this this shows that jujitsu is so great. Is it like it? You can just hop. You can get back into it and it's not like you're risking brain damage right exactly MMA. You, can, you can go into a high level competition and, and 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 jump into it as long as you're in shape and not have to worry about severely like altering your <laughs> your life expectancy i mean it and it's it looks like he hasn't lost a step it looks like he's still he's still hitting it every day because that that was very very technically sound and uh, that kind of that reminds me, you know more about the the Masters scene than than I do. You were two time Masters IBJJF champion. I don't think three, an episode three, three time, but it's no big deal. Three time. I was intentionally lowering it so you could come in <laughs> and correct me. I don't think an episode will pass without me at least bringing that up one I'm, time. I'm surprised I didn't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, uh, uh, hi, sir. Welcome to Starbucks. What can I have? Uh, what can I get you? Oh, do you have a do you have a fourth IBJJF title? Because I have three. <laughs> no, sir, we have coffee. Oh, well, then I'll just leave, and then you you you're eventually banned from all the chain restaurants in a ten mile area because they're sick of dealing with you. <laughs> Is that that one dude again? Fuck, man! No one oh gives a shit about your Masters World Championships. <laughs> Is that is that the guy from Letterkenny? <laughs> That's the guy from Letterkenny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. The, the okay. So Meraki's. It's not in Nevada. It's in L.A. Okay. Oh my god! This, along with like everyone else, LA seems to have like the most concentrated group of jujitsu schools outside of the tri-state. Well, that's area. what I was going to say about winning the Long Beach Open is that you're right there in the thick of things. Like, there's a lot of really good jujitsu in Long Beach. A lot of really good old men jujitsu practitioners. So if you won that that Invitational, you did pretty good. Man. Yeah, I don't know if he's. I it. I don't know if he's looking to get into like competitive uh the competitive um, scene anymore but i i didn't read the article at all but he had his kid with him when he took the picture and it said something yeah about his kid. so i i'm assuming maybe he, he wanted his, he wanted his kid to see him win something I mean, who knows you know maybe there was some kind of motivation behind it along those terms how does it feel that that tiny tiny child will probably be able to murder all of us by the time <laughs> right, she's exactly. 12 yeah exactly she's just getting she's surrounded by it so much that it's gonna sink in yeah kenny kenny florian's a little too good looking it's kind of it's kind of distracting he's a good looking man i mean he's he's no kevin gallagher but like no no but he has that he has that very like uh uh exotic like angular latino face you know? guy, he's kind of got like a roman profile yeah exactly very uh, yeah exactly very like sculpted yeah oh man well that that's kind of where the last thing i kind of wanted to talk to you about is something that we ended up bringing up in our test episode that was lost due to technical <laughs> difficulties um and that's uh just gi jiu-jitsu and uh you had some very i think unique thoughts on it that i don't see talked about mm -hmm. a lot and uh, there, there's always like the gi versus no gi and which one's better. But you you seem to think that gi jujitsu as a whole is sort of on a decline. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. It's a diff it's, it's, I'm trying to remember what we had, what in the context I spoke of that when we spoke before. Um, 
I don't think the gi jiu-jitsu is on decline. I just think the guys just don't want to train the gi. I think that there's this perceived notion that training the gi is boring and training the gi is this and training in the gi is just leads to just holding on to, to grips and, and, and not wanting to advance the position. But the reality of it is, is like, boring jiu-jitsu is boring jiu-jitsu no matter what i mean if you're training in gi and you're doing and you just want to hold on and pass the guard and not go for anything it's what you're going to do if you're training the gi and you just want to hold on and not go for anything that's what you're going to do but if you're training in the gi and you want to fight for submissions and try to work the advanced position look for the finish you're going to do that same thing if you're training no gi you're going to look for the submission and so on and so forth so it's 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 sad to me because it seems to me that people are losing interest in the gi because they have that preconceived notion that the gi equals boring. But I mean, I love training the gi. I don't train in the gi as much as I used to. And I go back and forth in this. So next week I might actually talk to you and tell you that I hate training the gi. <laughs> but as of right now, I mean, are we losing you? Oh, sorry about that, man. No, no, no worries. I just wanted to, I just wanted to get something. Uh, this, this, this is like, if I had to codify one thing that will always keep me training gi, it's, it's, uh, this bad boy right here. Uh, <laughs> all those, cool, for all those that don't know, Kent Peters of, uh, Supernatural Survival Gear, uh, makes absolutely insane tie-dyed gis. So, awesome. yeah. yeah I, I have a friend of mine that, that will tie-dye a gi for you if you bring her your white gi. She'll put it in the tie-dye for you and do the thing for you. Yeah, no. I so, like, I, I mean, I love training the gi. I think that that real jujitsu, real jujitsu guys will tell you that that real jujitsu is only in the gi. I don't necessarily believe that, but I mean, I would like to not see gi training die. I think guys, I think guys that just train the gi solely in the gi are making a mistake. They should train no gi too. But you know, when we train our our lower belts, well, I always train them in the gi, and I feel like that's a necessity. I think the guys should learn how to do jujitsu in the gi, and then. They can kind of branch off from there. I just feel like if you're doing jujitsu, you should learn how to do it in the gi. That's just the way I feel about it. I think because I think it's a great way to ease people in, just because. Uh, and I could be completely wrong here, so so let me know. But there, it feels like there's more. Con- you have, you have more control points. Like there's more stuff for you to to do in terms of just feeling like you're you're doing something, and like you you have more things to grab and hold on to, and and feel like you're in control of. Right. So that that for me for me that feels safer. Well, the like thing if, about the gi too is is this because you have the grips. It's a slower game because now you have to work more technically. You can't when when, when you don't have the grips in no gi. There's a, there's a lot of your athleticism plays in the hands because you can kind of squirm out of things. You can float around here. You can float around there. Or just use more of your explosive energy. When you're training in the gi, you can't use that as much because the grips hold you down. So you have to fight in a in a in a in an intelligent manner, more intelligent manner, anyway. So, so what you're saying is Gordon Ryan isn't the goat until he wins. No, no, no. I, I would. It's, that's that's another that's another tough question. I always talk. About. <sighs> I mean, I've wrote some freaking, I've wrote some amazing pieces about Gordon Ryan. I think he's amazing. I think he's. I think he's quite possibly the sole reason that jujitsu right now is on the explosive pattern that it is right now. And I tell you that, I say it a little time. I don't always enjoy Gordon Ryan. I don't think that I appreciate some of the ways he has gone about doing things, but there is no doubt 
the, the, the effectiveness of what he's going about. I wish he wouldn't put so much political shit up, but hey, you know, he's going to do what he wants to do. <laughs> I I can't. I think it's just the the Jersey in me. The the I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a firecracker into a nunnery style mentality right. that I just I can't help but not. I I can't help but absolutely love. 99% of the stuff he does. <laughs> and I think it's I think he's just he's fueled by the fact that there are so many entrenched dudes that just hate him so much. Yeah. Because I, he and because it's because he's not from an honored family with like a strong lineage and he's a guy he's a he's a he's a, a dude from I, I think he's from Jersey. Yeah, but I think eventually Jordan's going to have to come to the realization that no one hates you anymore. The only reason people hate you is because you're acting like an asshole. I think that no one's hating on Gordon Ryan anymore. I'll say it here straight. No one out there is saying he doesn't deserve everything he's getting because he's the greatest grappler on the planet because he is 100% the greatest grappler on the planet. Now, Andre Gaval might have a different say on that, and I would love to see him and Andre Gaval go. I still think Andre Gaval may beat him, to tell you the truth, just, just because of the true tenacity of it. But I can't say that for sure because in his last eight ACC, Gordon Ryan's hand was like freaking hamburger meat. So yeah, whatever, it is what it is. Um Gordon Ryan, man, damn, dude, that guy's amazing. You know, I think I, I can count on seeing Gordon's uh, Gordon respond to more comments on his Instagram page than any <laughs> other verified Instagram user, maybe he ever. Loves, he loves. He's the king. He's 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 the world's greatest troll. I, I, he is amazing. Don't ever try to fuck with Gordon because he will. You're gonna demolish. lose, man. He will also. Demolish. A wave of his fans will also yeah. pile on. And, and, right, and now you've got the whole now you've got the whole Gordon Ryan posse on your ass too to back him up. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, it's Gordon like, Ryan showed you. You're an asshole. It could be it could be completely Tell innocuous. Gordon. Like some some dude who's just trying to be a jerk says, "Hey, you're not really legit until you've won." In the key, and then he'll respond with, "I'm actively screwing your mom." <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You're, and then he'll say, "You're just so you know, I'm right. Your address is X." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, I mean, dude, I'll answer this. I'll answer. I'll say this about Gordon Ryan not not training in the gi. Like, if Gordon Ryan, if Gordon Ryan wants to go do MMA, so everything he's doing is no gi, so he can throw into an MMA career. Uh, if Gordon Ryan wanted to train the gi and dominate the gi, he would do the same damn thing. <laughs> it's 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 no, I 100 I have no doubt in my mind if Gordon Ryan dedicated himself to training in the gi for the next three years, he would go out and win the world's in gi just like he does in no gi because he's that talented of a kid. I feel like he's he's probably like Bobby Fisher where he could probably like he's yeah. his brain is such that he could just do problem solving for a living. And well, he's he's like he's like <laughs> he's like John Danaher's like autistic little fucking like superhero that he just like points in the right direction and molds and tells him exactly what to do and freaking Gordon just goes okay John and just goes out there and makes it done. John, I need you. Uh, I feel like if Danaher said, "Hey Gordon, could you go ahead and and, and make a two state solution for for Israel?" Right now, he'd probably be like tight. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll try. I'll figure it out. I'll at least I'll at least throw something out there for you. Yeah, I'll just I'll figure out a solution, and if the haters don't like want if they want to follow it, they'll follow it. But all, all props to Gordon Ryan and John Danner. I love that kid. I, I mean, look I, at I, him. He's a, he's look a really, at him right here. Like he's, yeah, he's at him, bro. He's a freaking monster. He's just absolutely. Oh man, 
that's uh he's such a ripped boy yeah all right well i think that's a, a solid point to end yeah, just yeah. on on gordon ryan's nipples <laughs> <laughs> i think the guy that does his tattoos is like up for an award or something really yeah because he's, he's got some good ink yeah cool. jordan's got some good ink dude i yeah. got this, this tattoo i'm getting on my arm is badass dude I'm oh really this. But I, you, really... I saw some like outlines. Yeah, I had more done with it on Saturday. He can't really see, but yeah, let me. Yeah, he can't really see it. Okay, it's... yeah, it's it's there. Oh, it's it's gonna yeah. be cool. Of course, well, yeah, it's, it's, cool. it's badass. It's all traditional, man. My my guy's super super good. I'm super excited about. It. Anyway, peace I out. feel like ev- eventually I'll figure out. I'll, I'll I'll get the stones to find the first tattoo. <laughs> the Just because I think I'm the only hardest one. Almost every jujitsu guy I know has like a bodysuit at this what? point. It's funny. Your first tattoo, you're always super insecure about, so you wanted to have it to make it have super deep meaning. Yeah. And then by like your third one, you're like, ah, just put something on there. Pizza. I just want to fill this little, <laughs> yeah, fill this little spot up on my leg. <laughs> I want it to be complete. Have a right. like a, a bowling right. ball. What's gonna What's gonna look really cool? Give me Kirby fighting uh, uh, George Bush. <laughs> uh, all right, man. homie. I'm gonna go right. I'm not feeling well. I'm gonna try to get some rest. Everyone, let's get let's get some 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 prayers going for Kevin G. I, don't I need want him. Sick, man. I mean, I lose money when I'm sick. I need I need uh, I need him alive because I can't run this shit my own. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's that is episode two. They haven't fired me yet, so I'm uh, we must be doing something right. Uh, don't jinx it though. Uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Talk about all the stuff going on, and uh, thank you for listening. It it means a lot. It really does. I have been I have been Kevin Bradley. And I'm Kevin Gallagher, so good night. You guys have a nice one.